Coming up on Sports Out with Marcel, the NCAA Mars Madness is underway. We recap an unbelievable, unforgetting rounds one and two and look forward to the Sweet 16 this upcoming weekend. We also go around the NFL and plus, can we be seeing a 17 game next NFL season? A look at some free agency signers the past couple of weeks. NBA and NHL Roundup, and what's next for the Los Angeles Lakers as their star player, LeBron James, is now out indefinitely with injury. We begin the countdown to open the day in baseball with some MLB news and this day in sports history coming up on Sports Talk with Marcel. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the latest edition of Sports Talk with Marcel. Thank you guys for joining me for another great episode, episode number 39, on this Monday, March the 22nd, 2021. Spring break is in full effect, and I have tons of sports news to get into. Uh, Thank you guys for joining me once again. Uh, It's been a long time coming here to take a hiatus. Or a little break, you know. Um, had a lot of other personal things going on in my in my life, you know. Trying to get the podcast to, you know, um, where it needs to be and stuff like that. But I'm back, and I thank you guys for joining me again. Cannot emphasize that enough. Thank you for the love and support for the um, you have shown and given me. Um, like I said, we got so much to get into NFL news. We all the signings, the trades, the release, the franchise tag NFL. We have some NBA news. Some some of the news may not be good for some of you Laker fans, if you know what I mean. And uh, definitely Charlotte Hornets fans. Um, horrible, horrible injuries on two people that is you know really playing good basketball right now. We'll get into the NBA news. And, of course, NBA NHL Roundup and Mars Madness. Man, have we seen something. We're going to jump right into that. Mars Madness is in full effect. And we seen yesterday the number one team, Illinois, go down to Loyola, Illinois. Loyola, Illinois go down 71-58. It wasn't a close game at all. I really thought Illinois had a chance to at least get to the uh, Final Four. But they are going home before the Sweet 16. Very unfortunate for the Final Illini fans. Um, another, another number one team, not another number one team, but Baylor defeat Wisconsin, um, 76-63. Syracuse. People didn't expect Syracuse to make, do a do big in the um, tournament, but they defeat West Virginia, 75-72. Texas Tech, Texas Tech. Gave Arkansas all they can handle, but Arkansas still coming away 68-66. Or Roberts, a team that did take down the number two senior Ohio State. They defeat Florida, seven-ranked Florida Gators, 81-78. And, of course, everybody was expected to see North Texas. Some people did have North Texas being Villanova, but that contest wasn't nowhere near close as Villanova move on to the Sweet 16, 84 to 61. Now, I did not, what I seen this past weekend was kind of shocking to me. I seen Texas go down to Abilene Christian. 
Of course, Illinois went down to Alaola. Purdue went down to North Texas, and West Virginia uh, went down to Syracuse. Now, I know, I know for sure everybody bracket is bust up by now. I didn't do a bracket. I, I just didn't want to do it this year. It was just personally, I just really, it really just skipped my mind, honestly. But if you told me. Illinois would be down and out. Tlaola was was a Cinderella team a couple years ago. They did, I believe they did make it to the championship game a couple years ago. But I did not see Texas, Oklahoma State going down so early. I did not expect that. I really did not. I really did not expect that. But tomorrow, but today, tonight. We will finish round two of the NCAA March Madness Tournament as Oregon and Iowa go at it. We have the number one team, Gonzaga and Oklahoma. Everyone is really picking Gonzaga to win. Not me. I'm just not sold on Gonzaga yet just because of they're the number one team overall. I'm just not sold to them. I know what they have done in recent years. They have been there at that position at least two or three times and still wasn't able to get it done um, at the championship. I believe Christian go up against UCLA, Ohio and Creighton, LSU and Michigan. That is my team to win it all. I know some people may not be understand why, but they didn't win a big team, but hey, Michigan Wolverines are a good team. A good team. Jawan Howard, who should win some kind of award, if it was any award for coach. He got them boys playing good basketball at the right time. Colorado and Florida State go at it in Maryland, Alabama, UCLA, and Kansas defending off tonight. But I'm looking forward to next Saturday. Next weekend, we got some good. Sweet 16 games at Syracuse and Houston. Now, I've preached, I've said all season long, Houston should have been in the top three, or at least top two or top three teams. Out of that, it's supposed to be, honestly, if you ask me, they're supposed to be a number one team. But speaking of the number one team, like Illinois, I don't know. Because Houston... Nobody expect Houston to really get this far. I really, I really didn't. I really didn't. Just because of their ranking, um, ranking, and I thought they would have got screwed out of, but they do got the number one seed in a um, in a um, bracket uh, on their side of the bracket. But Orland, Oral Roberts play Arkansas should be a tremendous game, but the game of the day. It's Oregon State and Loyola, Illinois. The team that make it to the Elite Eight. Villanova and Beta should be a good game. Tremendous, tremendous games next weekend as we um, continuously head on to the Sweet 16. And we're going to move on to the NBA where it was some very unfortunate news um, the other night as LeBron James... Go down. I never seen LeBron James get injured. We, but we seen this Saturday night. 
LeBron James has a high ankle sprain and is in, out indefinitely. The Los Angeles Lakers announced Saturday James exited the, exited the Lakers' 99-94 loss to the Atlanta Hawks in the first half after Solomon Hill collided with his right ankle. James knocked over a chair of frustration on his way to the locker room and received x-rays on MRI on the ankle. After the game, sources told ESPN Hill was called for a foul with 10.50 remaining in the second quarter when the Hawks forward fell on LeBron James' right ankle while trying to steal the ball. James immediately shouted in pain and rolled off the court. Clutching his right leg, the Lakers called timeout to check on the 18-year veteran. With several teammates, coaches, and members of the media staff, um... Twerking across, um, tr- um, chirping across the court to um, surround James while he was on the floor. I haven't necessarily seen him scream and scrawl like that probably ever. Teammate Kyle Kuzma said several James teammates look as uh, look expectish, um, took expectation with um, Hill's involvement in the play. A guy dove for a loose ball, took his leg out from underneath him. Montreal Harris said, I really don't feel like it was one of those loose ball plays. He had to go through his leg to get the ball, man. He was turned sideways. The ball was behind him. I mean, you jumping on an angle going across the way. I mean, I don't know how you feel. That's a loose ball. James, 36, was able to stand on his own and limp back to the bench where he lacked his sneakers and steadied, stayed in the game after the timeout. On the Lakers' first possession of the timeout, James hit a three-point from, um, three from the corner, lifting his stack line to 10 points on three-for-six shooting, keeping his streak intact of 1,036 straight games, including Saturday, scoring at least 10 points or more. Now, let's get this understandable. Everybody can say he'll probably try to do it. Me personally, I seen the play. It didn't look, it didn't look foul to me. It really did. It really didn't look foul to me. Now, what's ironic about this? Any teammate will come to defense of their injured teammate. You gotta understand that. But that necessarily don't mean that they was right to say it like that. Because everybody knows the number one thing is part of the the number one thing that is a part of sports is injuries. Solomon Hill even said it on Twitter. He would never disrespect the game to take a play out personally, proposally. He knows that that's all that matters to me. Praying for a speedy recovery, speedy recovery for LeBron James. But come on, let's be honest, man. This, how can you say this dude tried to take this dude knee out, man? That was just, just straight idiotic, man. Everybody know LA, the Lakers ain't absolutely nothing without LeBron James and Anthony Davis being down. We we know this. So you basically saying that the dude like I I just don't like that when people assume that you know you can you can say what you want to say, but saying somebody purposely tried to take somebody out, come on, that's just idiotic right there.
It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be allowed. To be honest with you, and they just know they just they doing without them. Of course, you're doing without them. You're not gonna win pretty much games. And as the seeding in the East, in the West looking, the Lakers are in trouble. I've been saying this for months. Lakers in trouble. Now you have LeBron James out, and you have Anthony Davis out, knowing that that those. Western Conference seeding is very competitive. I I I don't I, I hope I hope they don't have to play in a play in trade. I mean play in tournament. Because that's the new rules. I believe the bottom three or four teams play in a play in tournament. But I, I don't respect that from Kuzma. Not not Kuzma. Um, Montreal Harris. That's not. That wasn't right for him to say. Now I understand what he mean, but it was. It still don't make it right. He should have just waited his comments. Your, your, your um, teammate is down and out. There's nothing you can say to fix that. As we we all know that. There's nothing you can say to fix that. All you have to do is regroup and try to win some games. Keep your keep the standards. Keep your winning to at least. A decent enough for both of him and Anthony Davis come back. People saying four, six weeks. Hey, I don't care how long it is. The Lakers are doomed. And who to say him and Anthony Davis come back 100%? We both know they're not going to come back 100% straight out the gate. And if they do come back, it's going to be close to playoff time. If they're not up in the, in, if they not in them four seeds, first four seeds, Lakers are in trouble. Another unbelievable injury happened last night was with Charlotte Hornets guard LaMelo Ball. The NBA frontrunner for rookie of the year expected to miss the remainder of the season with a fractured right wrist. Sources told ESPN, Ball injury is in the area of the thumb on his shooting hand. Sources said, Ball won't be formally ruled out of before the season until after meeting with Dr. Michelle Carson at the hospital for a special surgery in New York early this week. But sources said the injury will end his dazzling debut after 41 games and with the Hornets holding the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. The Hornets announced Sunday evening a ball underwent an MRI an initial diagnose, um, diagnose revealed a fractured bone in the wrist. The team said a ball will be listed as, as out indefinitely and the additional updates will be provided when av- available. Ball 19 suffered injury on the fall of the 125-198 loss to the, Los, uh, to the Los Clippers in Los Angeles on Saturday. Ball the third overall pick in 2020 2020 NBA draft have averaged 15.5 points, 16, 6.1 assists, and 5.9 rebounds this season. Very unfortunate for Lamelo Ball. I think he's still gonna be with good here because nobody gonna beat him. Um, it's just a very unfortunate to do having a tremendous year. He have a good, good, good team in Charlotte. They can, they can probably be a team to be reckoned with, and probably like a, another one, uh, a couple years. Need some good leadership, not leadership. Need some good veteran leadership, 
and know how to you know, probably a couple more shooters and defenders, some big men. Um, they pretty much don't have pretty much non-elite big men, but if they can get that, the um, Charlotte Hornets can definitely be a team to be reckoned with, at least top four, top five teams in the conference, knowing that Brooklyn is the top dog. Them, to me personally, the top dog. I don't believe in the Philadelphia 76ers, knowing um, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons is just um, a, a they just nobody when it, it seemed like they elite in the season. They be seen like they become um, rookies in the playoff. I just don't believe in them. Take them a couple more years to get to where they need to be. Um, but Brooklyn is the uh, is the over the overall favorite to win the East, and they're going to win the East, in my opinion. Another unfortunate situation is going on in Houston Rockets. In Houston right now, is the Houston Rockets, in case you haven't noticed have now lost a stunning 20 straight games. I still can't believe it. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know until they lost 17 straight that they was on the losing streak. Straight games after falling at home to the Oklahoma City Thunder, 114-112 on Sunday. The team last one came back on February the 4th. It's March 22nd. So just imagine how long that is. We know it's a long time. March, February 4th. So you're telling me they went a whole month, the whole Black History Month without winning a game. Majority of the Black History Month without winning a game after the 4th. When they beat the Grizzlies to move to 11-10 at the time, I don't think anybody back then would have ever predicted John Wall and company will lose the next 20 straight games in a row. But there, but here they are. Head coach Steven Silas was emotional during his press conference press conference on Sunday, and rightfully so, because of all of this must be hard to go through, especially as a first-year coach. A first your coach who was a 20-year assist, a co- uh, assistant coach. This is very unfortunate. And let me get to this. Let me say this. Because I still, I know a lot of people on, and some of you, they make it about race. And that's fair. That's your opinion. You do that. Steven Silas was hired as the Houston Rockets coach. Everybody know that during the offseason. Everybody know that Steve Nash was hired as the coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Knowing the roster he has and knowing the roster Steven Silas has. Some people say it's unfair, but me personally, I will tell you this. Some teams have the power Maybe some players, like it was, it was reported that KD and Kyrie wanted Steve Nash because of his years under Mike D'Antoni's system in Phoenix, who he hired as an assistant coach. Now everybody probably expect that team to be as good. I, I knew they was going to be good once KD came back from the injury. You take that situation, 
Who's to say Steven Silas would be the same coach with Brooklyn other than with Houston? I, I'm not, I, I know what you're saying, but it's Kevin Durant and stuff like that, but Kevin Durant not playing. Who's to say Kyrie and say, you know what? I'm cool. I don't want to play for that coach. Cause some stars, we all know this, they make the they make the decisions who they want to play for and who they do not want to play for. So some people need to ask themselves that. I don't look at the race thing. I really don't. Because I I do believe Steve Nash, I mean Steve, Steve Nash was hired before Steven Salas. Or is it Steve um Silas, Steven, um Steven Silas was hired before Steve Nash? Either way, I don't think it's fair to look at it, take it per in your I don't think it's fair to the coaches to take it to the race to play the race card. I don't think it's fair. The guy has a good is it seemed like he's a good coach. Um, it's just unfortunate situation. You have James Harden don't want to play there. It is not because of Steven Silas, so you can't blame him. You can't blame James Harden for not wanting to play with the organization. It was never. It was never about he didn't want to play for the coach. He did play a couple games with the team with the coach. You had the Marcus Cousins situation. I don't know what he didn't what he didn't want and stuff like that. Maybe the team looked at him and like you know it just was just just a bad matchup. It was just a bad. Uh, partnership. He's done. Now, John Wall, he's not James Harden, so you cannot blame a coach or organization if they choose to pick a coach that's styles are really different. But I still feel for Steven Silas to be your first head coaching job to be in a situation like this. It's just unfortunate. At some point, um, he gonna lose his job. That's just how it is. I would say maybe end of this year, but I think another year he's done. NBA roundup last night. We seen some decent games. Indiana defeat the Miami Heat overtime, and it was a slam dunk that Bam Adebayo did. That was called offensive. Now everybody know. The refs don't make the um, the refs do not make decisions. The refs should not make the calls like that when you when it's he really didn't really offer. He really didn't even push the dude. I believe it was um Sabonis. Yeah, but Sabonis, he really didn't even push the dude. To be honest with you, he was just in the way. He was just standing right down to the rim, poster. But they call it offensive. Foul and the uh, Miami Heat lose. They drop to the Indianapolis Pacers. The Oklahoma City, as we know, beat the um, Houston Rockets 114 and 112. 20 straight games for the Houston Rockets. Um, New Orleans Pelicans defeat the Denver Nuggets, surprisingly. They are a team that's really getting to that edge where they can be um, um, probably a 7 8th seed this year, um, probably a little better next year. They defeat um, Denver 113-108. The Orlando Magic dropped to the Boston 112-96. It was reported today that 
Aaron um, Gordon has reportedly asked for a trade. I'm only thing I'm asking, only thing I question is, what took you so long? You have to be honest with me now. What took you so long? You knew this team wasn't doing absolutely nothing. That's the only time the Lando Magic was relevant in the last five years is when they went on a road the, um, a season or two ago in the playoff and beat Toronto game one. After that, there was nobody. The Chicago Bulls beat the Detroit Pistons 188-86. And the Boston um, Brooklyn Nets, as Blake Griffin make his um, debut and a dunk. I'm surprised they're even talking about it. Like, the dude dunked in two years. Who cares? It's all about winning to me. I don't care if I dunk or not. They defeat the um, Washington Wizards 113-106. Toronto Raptors lose to the Cleveland um, Cavaliers 116-105. The Philadelphia 76ers win a close one. As the New York, some people may say the New York's got um, robbed again. 101-100. to The Dallas Mavericks blow out the Portland Trailblazers by 40. Who's to say they expected that to happen any day? With Dame time, really? 132-92. And of course, the Phoenix Suns defeat the LA Lakers 111 to 94. Tonight's NBA game should be some good ones. Sacramento Kings travel to Cleveland to play the Cavaliers. Oklahoma City go to Minnesota to um, take on the Timberwolves. The Charlotte Hornets will be first game without LaMelo Ball. They travel to San Antonio to play the Spurs. Toronto and Houston Rockets. I don't see them winning tonight, so they're just making 21 straight games. The Indiana Pacers and the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Boston and the Memphis Grizzlies. I must say this about Boston. They've really been losing some 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 um some idiotic games. Team that they lose into is team that they supposed to be, and I don't understand is they cannot go into the playoff. They cannot go into the playoff loser on a loser streak or 50-50 or a hundred ball club. They just can't. Utah and Chicago shoots a minutes game and the Atlanta Hawks travel to LA to play the LA Clippers. Seen four NHL games last night. The New Jersey Devils defeat the Philly um, Pittsburgh Penguins in overtime two to one. The Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay the Tampa Bay Lightning um close game five to three. The Las Vegas Go with the nice fall to the LA Clean Kings and the Nashville Predators defeat um Dallas Stars four to three in a shootout. Tonight in HL's game, the Carolina um Hurricane travels to Columbus to fake um to face the blue um jackets, um New New York Islands and the Philadelphia Flyers, the Calgary Flame, the Ottawa Senators, the Emerson Oilers, and the Montreal Canadiens. Buffalo travels to New York to face the Rangers. Anaheim Ducks in Miami, Minnesota should be a good one. Colorado Avalanche in the Arizona um, Coyotes. And the St. Louis Blues and the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Winnipeg Jets and the Vancouver Canucks and the LA Kings travel to San Jose to play the Sharks. It is now time for this day in sports history. In 1958, 
the 20th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship. Kentucky beat Seattle 84-72. Seattle's future Hall of Famer small forward Elgin Baylor is named Tournament's Most Outstanding Player. In 1967, Muhammad Ali KO'd Zora Foley in seventh round for the heavyweight boxing title. In 1986, Trevor Burkett beats Pinklin Thomas in 15th round for the heavyweight boxing title. In 1987, Pete Rozier announced retirement as NFL commissioner after 29 years. This has been This Day Sports History. That was This Day in Sports. We're going to head over to the MLB. And in college um, baseball, we've seen Vanderbilt right, Vanderbilt right-handed pitcher um, Jake Latter, ESPN's number two MLB draft prospect, tossed a no-hitter on Saturday in a Commodore's 5-0 win over South, over South Carolina. Litter walked a batter in the first inning before recording 27 consecutive outs. He finished with a career-high 16 strikeout at the number two. Commodore's improved to 15-2, 2-0 in the SEC. Litter was efficient, posting 81 strikes and 124 pitches, including 80 fly balls. I mean, eight, sorry. I could say, I thought it said 80. Eight flouts and three ground balls. Improving to 5 and 0. Oh. Walking the first guy obviously is nothing, something you want to do, Ladder said in his post game interview on E on SEC Network. But I will say, down until the fifth, sixth, seventh inning is when the star feel different from other games. The son of former MLB, MLB pitcher, Al Ladder, Jack works mostly in the lower 90s on his fastball using the knockout plus um, curveball as his best secondary pitch. Trades that attract several scouts into his game, and it was all working Saturday against the Gamecocks 6-2 and 0-2 who lost their sixth consecutive game and was no hit for the first time since 1990. No one said anything. It was something. It was the same thing I did it in any inning. Liner said in his routine and begin between innings. I would just sit down quietly and gather my thoughts. Um, I really do try to allow. Um, always say next pitch, next pitch, next pitch, next pitch, and just kind of stay in a moment. Take um. Take. Um, Kowak hit a pair of two home runs for Vanderbilt in his third consecutive victory. Lauder is one of two Vanderbilt pitchers who have a high on MLB team's radar. Kuma Rocker, also a right hand, and is number three in ESPN's latest MLB draft rankings. Saturday win was Vanderbilt's first regular season no-hitter since 1971. Rocker tossed a no-hitter in the 2019 NCAA Super Regionals versus Duke. Tremendous job for Jack Leonard. Cannot wait to see him in the MLB. Uh, un, a stoop, uh, uh, I will say this next story is mind-boggling to me, personally. 
a main the fact that he's a Chicago Cub, I don't know what to say. A minor league player from the Cub system has been arrested in Colorado after being caught by authorities with a large amount of legal drugs. Yes, illegal drugs. Colorado. Jesus is his name. Catamorgo Corrales is the player here reporting from the Vale Daily. Stop for speeding and drifting into another lane on Intersection 70. A man believed to be a minor league baseball player was arrested Wednesday after Eagle County Sheriff's Office deputies found, listen to this, 21 pounds of suspected phenamine and a half a pound of suspected Oxydon, Oxydon pills in his cargo Cubs duffel bag. How idiotic is that? Corrales now faces charges of unlawful distribution of uh, morphine and Oxydon and charges unlawfully possession of each drug. All of this includes two class one drug felonies and two class four drug felonies. We are aware of the rest. They are aware. Ladies, we can see the dude getting cut. I'm sorry. Four, four drug felonies? Oh, wow. <laughs> He's doing some time. We are aware of the rest. Of the arrest of one of our minor league players, said Julian Green, senior vice president of uh, communications for the Cubs via Chicago Sun-Times. We are investigating this matter and cannot provide additional comment until we have further details. Further details? I think the details is in the article. The dude is going to jail. There's no way you get caught with 21 pounds of morphine um, and a half a pound of oxydine pills. And not, he's, he's, he's going to jail. Just might as well just go ahead, cut him, cut your losses. Obviously, he's not serious about baseball. Another strange. Now this is not not strange, but not the not the last story. This story is very strange. Hear it out. A former MLB executive claimed Albert Pujols has been lying about his age. What else can I? This is this. You just cannot make this stuff up. <laughs> David Sampson, who was the Marlins president from twenty. 2002 to 2017 made the allegations during a recent appearance on the Dan on the Dan uh, Batcher show. Samson was reflected on the 2012 offseason when Pujols was a free agent and the Marlins was one of the teams trying to sign the baseball star. Pujols eventually signed the massive 10-year 20 um 20, 240 million dollar contract with the Angels 
It's the 14th largest contract in MLB history per Colts baseball. And it's just sure he's paid throughout. Despite poorly numbers in recent years, Pujols is set to make $30 million this season, which many believe will be his last. Though he said he hasn't decided. Oh, you've decided already, buddy. Your career went down here. Let, let, let's start from the beginning. You, you leave the St. Louis Cardinals and expect you to be better as a player? No. Since he's been with the Angels, I believe they made the playoff what? If not none, you have the two biggest bats, which should matter, but in that franchise, it don't. And Pujols and Mike Trout, and you don't get to even the playoff? Like, come on, man. That's just crazy to me. Everybody know Pujols' career is over. Once he left St. Once he left St. Louis, in my opinion, I knew he wasn't gonna be better. Now you can say the money, yeah, that they probably weren't gonna give him the money, but you cannot expect to go to a different organization and some some players expect to be better. When you have your core, what he did win, I believe, two World Series. It just he just Sometimes you just, some players go for the money, some players go with the winning. The Milwaukee um, Brewers have agreed to a term to the outfielder Jackie Robinson by time on a contract that could guarantee him $24 million over the two years. According to Julian Mc, um, McWilliams of the Boston Globe, why is the Boston Globe reporting this? He, y'all didn't even want to sign him. I don't understand. After you said that you was keeping in contact with him over the last couple of weeks and months, you let the guy go to the Milwaukee Brewers, which is a good team. The second team, the second season is reported a player option, meaning um, Bradley Jr. will have the ability to affect elect for free agency again next winter. Um, Bradley Jr. entered the offseason. Ranked by CBS Sports as a 12 best uh, free agent. Here's what he wrote. Here, there's what he wrote at the time. MLB is doing something very special this year. Man, Major League Baseball will be holding its first Lou Garrett Day on June 2nd. Um, Adding um, Garrett to Jackie Robinson and uh, Roboto Comente on the list shorts. List of players honored throughout the big leagues. Each home team will have four AL, four ALS logos in a ballpark to mark Lou Garrett's number four. And all players, managers, and coaches will wear a Lou Garrett's Day patch on their uniform and may use red four AL as wristbands. Teams that are off on June 2nd will observe Luke Garrett Day on June 3rd. MLB said that the day will focus on finding a cure and raising money for research into ALS, which is known as Lou Garrett disease. The legendary of Lou Garrett 
the um, player, others who died of progression, this, this uh, disease that attacks nerve can nerve cells, controlling muscles throughout the body. June 2nd marks the 96th anniversary of when Lou Gregg made his start at the first base for the New York Yankees in place of Willie Pip, starting his record straight of 2,130 consecutive games played. The mark stood until September 1995 by Baltimore's Carl Ripon Jr., who played 2,632 consecutive games in a streak that, that, that ended in 1998. Lugaro died at, at ALS at the age of 30. Wow, did not believe that. I did, I did not know that. On June 2nd, 1941, he was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1939. Good thing about MLBS. Raise money for a cause that is very, very important to um, a lot of people. Very important to myself. Don't know no one. Don't know anyone that had it, but it's still very important. You know, people that know people that know people. Um, unfortunately, someone will um, get the cure. Hope they hope they, hopefully they will find a cure for it, something like that. Um, and so that's a good thing for the um, MLB to be doing June second of this MLB season. Um, Chicago White Sox fans, this is what I found very funny. The fact that I'm from Chicago, I used to work for Chicago. I used to work for the Chicago White Sox for, I believe, three years. Chicago White Sox fans was found to <laughs> was found to drink the most of any fan base in Major League Baseball. Wow. A new study shows, according to the study... White Sox fans drink an average of 4.2 drinks per game and spend about 46 bucks, placing them in the number one spot of the booziest baseball fans list. <laughs> Chicago Southsiders have been known to get a little rowdy. Absolutely. So it might not be surprising that the White Sox, White Sox rank number one. On our list of MLB fans who drink the most. New Jersey Online Gambling said the White Sox also rank in the company's list of biggest pre-gamers. Absolutely sitting at number three. Just behind Toronto Blue Jays and the St. Louis Cardinals fans. Approximately 67% of Chicago White Sox fans reportedly have drunk before the game starts. The study shows... According to similar study, 45% of White Sox fans also reported to have likely missed some of all the game due to drinking too much. <laughs> wow, this is crazy. Placing them in the number one spot once again. New Jersey online gambling. That, New Jersey funny, man. <laughs> Studies of... Um, Surveyed MLB fans over the age of 21 from across the USA. According to the company, 58, 58% of responders was males. And 42% was females with an average age of 36. The White Sox are scheduled to return home. 
April the 8th after the start of their season on the road while the Cubs are set to kick off their home opener next week, April 1st. Very excited for opening day. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous thing. But that article was just hilarious to me. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I've I seen, I seen a lot of that. Of my days with the Chicago White Sox. And we talking 10 plus years ago. So just imagine if that study still shows to this day. Wow. Unbelievable. NFL news. We have Ben Roethlisberger. Which is one of my predictions he was going to retire. I guess he's not. Who will retire by throwing five picks? I don't. Not me. Ben Roethlisberger is officially back with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers for the 2021 NFL season. The team have announced um, Thursday, which is about like two, a couple weeks ago. Then the Steelers did not disclose the terms. Of course he did because we knew what the dude was getting paid. But a source told ESPN Adam Schechner that Roethlisberger is willing to reduce his pay to $14 million from $19 million. Of course, in the final year of his contract and spent the cash and spread the cash payment through 2022. The move lowers the team's salary hit cap by more than 15 million. It is the greatest honor to be a Pittsburgh Steelers and give my all for this organization. Rosenberger said in a statement issued by the team, I am gladly to, I am um gratefully to be at this stage of my career and more than happy to adjust my contract in a way that best helps the team address other players who are so vital to our success. I love this game and I love to compete and I believe in this team and I believe my ability to deliver when called upon. It all starts with great preparation and I am ready to go. I hope you will because... The Baltimore Ravens are going into the NS, the AFC North. I'm I'm here today. I will I will do a. I'm going to before the season start. Before way before the season start, I'm going to do. I'm going to pick the winner of each division. But I'm going to tell you right now, Baltimore Ravens have something to prove, and they will win a division probably by like two or three games because Pittsburgh Steelers they got nobody but they just signed Juju Juju Smith Schuster. He wanted to go to San Diego and play with um Justin Herbert. Everybody signed on one of your deals they, they, because the TV deal is about to come in soon. They know this season they make a lot of money because of the COVID situation. But a lot of people are signing one-year deals for a reason. Now, this story really, it, it kind of... It kind of made me feel some kind of way about the overtime thing. It really did. After tweaking its overtime rules multiple times over the past 10 years, absolutely, the NFL must see soon be making another change, which I'm not happy about, to the rule book. Expect this time around, the rule change will potentially revolutionize how overtime games I played. According to Pro Football's talk, the Ravens have proposed a rule that will base around a spot and choose. Mm, mm, mm. 
It sounds like uh, um. This sounds so disappointing to me. Under this rule, which will add some serious spice to overtime, I don't need no spice. I just want a first team score. It's over. One team will choose the line, the yard line where the overtime drive start, and the other team will choose whether they want to play offense or defense. Mm, For instance, if Team A and Team B was playing in overtime and Team A won the coin toss, it will pick any spot on the field where the first drive of overtime would start. Duh. If it's picked the 10-yard line, 90 yards away from the end zone, the team B will get to choose whether they wanted to play offense or defense. Now, how dumb do that sound? Do you think I would play offense at my own Tim line, man? Is they crazy? This is crazy. Who's dumb enough to say, okay, I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play offense on my team y'all line? That is stupid. It is idiotic. If if that don't even make sense to me, it really don't. It, it, it really, it will get any fan pissed, upset, irate, disappointed, angry, upset. How can you tell me you think I would want to play offense on a 10-yard line? It's, The overtime in the proposal will be a 10-minute sundown period, which means the first team to score will win the game. It should have been like that anyway. If no one scores the game in the tie, that's how it is anyway. It's just stupid. It's really stupid to me. How can you say, okay, whoever win a coin toss, okay, you won a coin toss. Do you want to start on a 10-yard line? The other team choose where you start, and you choose to play defense, offense. That sounds like some straight... Backyard BS. But this is not backyard. This is the National Football League. Play the way it's been planned for years before you start changing it. The first team that scores a touchdown on field goal wins. That's how it should be. This is not college football. This is not backyard pickup. This is not no NFL streets. This is the National Football League. I will say no to this proposal. Absolutely no. It's idiotic for you to say, okay, I'm going to play offense on my own 10-yard line. Who's dumb enough to say that? Anyway, New York Giants fans should be tremendous happy. A big-time free agent is headed to the Big Apple. The New York Giants are signing a wide receiver, Kenny Galladay, to a four-year, 72-deal, $72 million deal with $40 million fully guaranteed. Wow. According to NFL Network, um, inside the end Rappaport, um, per informed source, deals worth up to $76 million with attentions. Uh, Rappaport added the Giants later held a brief introduction press conference for their new signee, during which Galladay spoke on what attached them to the franchise. Just the pieces on offense. Did he really say that? It's you and, um, it's you and Barkley, dude. What pieces? 
these dudes, man, you can just, you can just straight up see tail. They going straight for this money, man. And it's and it's it's cool, but be honest. I was I would have said the history of the New York Giants more than this roster, dude. Y'all horrible. Those guys actually kind of reached out to me, and I'm like the vision. That coach, Joe Judge, which is a good coach, had one offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett, as far as the offense, and I was all the way in. My only my only question is, you says you there for the pieces. We under, we understand they have no pieces whatsoever. Secondly, what make you choose them out of all the teams you could have chosen? All the teams you could have chose, the Bears. Well, he would have been a good fit in the uh, um, L.A. with the L.A. Chargers. Raiders. Let's get this understood. Kenny Holiday, what is that? Kenny Kenny Holiday, Galladay, is a tremendous player, tremendous player. But he's no he's no number one receiver. I'm sorry. Probably a two or three, depending on who you ask. You with the Giants, you of course you're gonna be number one. They have nobody. The news everybody was waiting for. The Dallas Cowboys answered the offseason larger looming question with the simple uh, announcement um this Monday, which was two weeks ago. Dallas announced Monday that the franchise has agreed to terms on a new contract with franchise quarterback. Dak Prescott, all oh, bad time. Jerry Jones finally gave in. He finally gave in and gave his dude his money. And he's about to get paid. But he had to prove it now. Dak Prescott reportedly signed a four-year deal, $160 million. I mean, he getting his 40 a year. Absolutely, Dak. You get all your money, my man. All of your money. The deal has a maximum value of $164, including $126 million guaranteed money. That's what I'm talking about, Deck. You get all your money, man. Uh, it does include two key details: no trading clause, of course, no trading clause, and the no French and no tag provision. Um, Prescott average average um, to make forty forty two million dollars a year for the first three seasons, with a seventy million dollar in the first season and a sixty six million dollar bonus signing after. Prescott, 29, played under the franchise tag 2020 and suffered a um, grossum and season in the injury. Many wonder whether Dallas will be able to strike a long-term deal with Prescott and avoid placing him on the franchise tag, him, franchise placing the tag on him once again or potentially run the risk of losing him outright if they opt to avoid using the tag. The new deal answered the Cowboys' looming Uncertainly under center and disconnects the continuously charming rumor mill re- related to Prescott um, constant con- contractual stats that has been running since the 2019 offseason. Congratulations to Dak Prescott. The dude's got his $42 million. Not, not $42 million. He's definitely getting $40 million a year. Big kudos to him, but he still got to prove it. I believe the Dallas Cowboys will be a good team. Cannot 
say yet they Super Bowl contenders just yet because they still have this dude named Tom Brady. As long as he's in the league, man, teams going to have a tough time, especially if you're in the NFC. NFL Commissioner Rosadell said on Thursday that the 17-game season of 2021 is still on the table. And that his discussion for the topic is scheduled for March 30th, March 31st, which is this week, via a virtual meeting. According to um, Albert Beer of NBC Sports, the notion has been for a while now that a 17-game schedule is a lock to be passed by the league's owner for the 2021s and especially on the heels of NSL National Lou Leaguer deal on Thursday with their media partners, Amazon, CBS, ESPN, ABC, Fox, and NBC for the future distribution of televised games, as well as additional media rights. The new agreement will be with media partners are scheduled to begin in 2023 and run through the 2033 season. The NFL expected to nearly double media revenue to more than $10 billion a season under the new rights agreement, according to a Thursday report from Joe Reedy of the Associated Press. Assuming a 17-game schedule is implemented, and um, planimated, each NFL team will play an uh, extra inter-conference inter- matchup based on the divisional standings in the preceding season on the um, rotation divisional basis. That was reported by Beer several weeks ago, and it comes to um, fruitation. The Seahawks, I mean the Steelers, will host the Seahawks at highest field during the 2021 season. The Seahawks like the Seahawks like the Steelers finished the season 2020 regular season 12 and 4, and both teams were number three seed in their respectful conference playoff. The Steelers last played the Seahawks in 2019, and that game was at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. The Seahawks beat the Steelers in that game 28 to 26. I really don't care if it's a 17 17 game or not. I just don't care. The Chicago Bears have named their starting quarterback for the 2021 season, and it appears they haven't at, uh, at all, which should be make Andy Dalton very nervous. Who cares? The veterans had a one-year $10 million deal with the Bears, and the first week of free agency after he and the Dallas Cowboys respectively parted ways because of his want to return to QB1 role. Really? Come on, Andy Dalton, come on, man. You will never be the legit first starter right away. You will never be that again. As a signing on as a backup to Derek um, Dak Prescott to 2020, adding Dalton to the roster led many to believe, including Dalton. The Bears have finally given up on trying to pray Russell Wilson away from the Seahawks. Apparently, however, it is not the case. The Bills are reportedly still in the and the Wilson is still in on Wilson per Adam Adam Schefter of ESPN, who points at the 2021 NFL draft as 
will be a blockbuster trade. They're thinking about trading him, um, trading for him around the draft. They have told they was a start. They, they, they um, Andy Dalton said they told me I was a starter. That was one of the reasons why I wanted to come here. Really? You never will be the number one option again. It's just how it is. So every conversation I've had been been that. So that's the um, assurance that I got. Obviously, I know that there's a lot of talk, but I'm coming in from outside, and a lot of people don't know a ton about me and who are going to get and are going to get to learn a lot more about me while I'm here. That's all I worry about, and so I'm here now. Hopefully, everybody gets a chance to see who I am as a player, as a person, see what we um going to be able to do with this organization. I'm excited about the opportunity. Really, how can you really be excited to be a bear? I would have done. I would have just stayed with the Cowboys. I'm giving them if it's a backup role, and I'd rather be a backup than be a starter for the to be a potential starter for the Bears because you ain't gonna be a starter. The only way if he be a starter if the Bears give up on Russell Wilson. That's how it is. And if, if, I think they will because Seahawks ain't dumb enough to trade him. Another Bears situation is the Chicago Bears have released veteran quarterback Kyle Fuller. Who cares? In a, a cutting cost move that frees up $14 million worth of salary cap space. At least source confirmed to ESPN. Wide receiver Allen Robinson will remain in the Bears as a sign his franchise tender. Thursday, a source told ESPN Adam Schechner he is set to make eighteen million for the twenty twenty one season. Now that is that is that is that is um that is that is good for Allen Robinson. That's you 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 um you better know yourself to do that because he know damn well he deserves better eighteen million dollars now. Fuller. 29 was into the final season of his contract and set to count 20 million off the cap. The Bears will not have to eat 6 million dead money. Drafted by the Bears in 2014 as the 14 overall pick. Full as a two time Pro Bowl selection who has set career highs in seven receptions in 2018. Um, should be a tremendous, tremendous thing for the Bears. Um, a. Um, Kyle Fuller did sign a one-year deal with the um, Denver Broncos earlier this weekend, this past weekend. And um, that's just um, that's good news for the Bears to, to have Allen Robinson back. But they know, man, they got to pay this dude, man. They really do. That's your NFL news. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for this episode of Sports Talk with myself, episode number 39. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I'll be back with you guys next Monday, episode number 40. As we preview, opening day next week is finally here, MLB. So excited to see it next week. We're going to go over any NBA news, rumors, NFL news and rumors. Um, of course, um, this day on sports history. And we're also going to uh, recap the Sweet 16 this this um, upcoming weekend, and we also looking forward to NBA playoff, the play-in tournament. It should be shortly, I believe, middle of April. Just can't wait to see how that is. As I always, say be good, be great, be blessed. 
And I will see you guys next Monday for episode number 40. Have a good one.